Andrea Cox is a licensed pre-planning consultant. Her book, Final Departure, a step-by-step guide to prepare for one's passing, is a roadmap to ensure your wishes are honored and your loved ones are protected. Get ready for an enlightening conversation that will equip you with the necessary insights to make informed decisions for your future. On this episode of the Executor Help Podcast. This is the Executor Help Podcast. Learn how to settle an estate, pick an executor, and avoid family fights. For more information, go to davidedy.com. Now here's your host, David Edy. So with me today is Andrea Cox, who is a licensed pre-planner consultant based in Calgary, Alberta. You know, since 2015, she's been actively engaged in helping others understand the importance of getting their affairs in order. She's also the author of a really great book called Finer Departure, a step-by-step guide to prepare for one's passing. Andrea, thanks for taking the time to be here and have this conversation with me. My first question to you is, why did you decide to make this your calling, you know, get their affairs in order? Is there something that happened to you that made you decide, hey, this is what I want to do? No, not really. You know, I, before I do what I do, I was working with a unionized insurance company and I would go to union members' homes to discuss their permanent benefits. And one of them was a funeral coverage. And it was that point that I realized that there was something missing because a lot of people did not even have a will because we'd ask that question, do you have a will? And a lot of people did not. And in fact, I, I remember going to a uh, a Nigerian gentleman's house and he told me that he wasn't going to die. So he didn't need the coverage. So pretty much it was just very obvious to me that something was missing and and it was time to take it to the next level to be able to help more people to understand why is it important to start pre-planning and putting something in place to take away all that chaos and confusion and immense stress and possible family breakdown and financial hardship with families. When he said he's not going to die did he seriously believe that or was he sort of joking and trying he to was as serious as a heart attack like wow. he was serious wow okay have you ever uh reached back out and see if he's still alive say how's it going I know, or... right <laughs> i have not <laughs> well just something to think about i don't know this is what way my mind works anyway but he needs to be thinking about uh you know his final departure see what i did there how i tied that in you, love it book, love it in your book you you say that the flight number for the final d- departure is 534229 what does someone have to do to get prepared to get on this flight and why would you pick that particular flight number well the numbers actually spell legacy oh. and it is about what legacy do we want to leave behind Right. So when we have these conversations and we talk about it, it's going to be a positive experience for your families as opposed to something dramatic. You know, when when a loved one has to go to the funeral home and there's nothing in place, it's a different ballgame as opposed to, oh, my goodness, we went to the funeral home. Mom had this done. Mom had that. And we don't have to pay anything. So it's all about our legacy at the end of the day. Yeah. So why why do you believe that people don't get prepared. Overall, it's a taboo topic, right? We don't want to talk about it. And we believe that if we talk about it, or if we do something, we're going to die, right? So, Mm -hmm. and I think it starts from our parents, from our parents' parents, from their parents' parents, and it just kind of falls down the line. And I just personally think it's a time for it to turn around, because really, it's not helping the families in in the long run, because it's such a 
traumatic time for a family member when a loved one passes away. And as we can even see, like if you look at even unfortunately, like with some suicides, right, it's generational, right, because we don't know how to handle it. We don't know how to handle deaths. So it's one of these things that we know is going to happen. So let's start planning for it so we can have a better death experience. So when someone decides to come and see you and have a conversation, at what point are they in their in their life, in their planning? Um, can you think of any reason why recently someone came to see you? Well, it's interesting because I find that more that are coming to see me are more seniors. And that's when they realize that they're more closer to the end than at the beginning, right? Or those who come are those who have lost a loved one they went to through complete, let's just say hell, I'm sorry for using that word, but um, they don't want to put their family through that. So they're now going to get their will and they're going to get things done so that the family has a better experience. Yeah. I, I, I think it's kind of ironic in your book, you quote um, from the first Black Panther movie and the son said, tells the father he's not ready for him to die. And the father says, a father who has not prepared his children for his own death has failed as a father. And yet the the star of the movie, Chadwick Boseman, died without a will. In your opinion, why don't parents have conversations with their adult, adult children? I know it's interesting because I find some parents do want to have it, but their children don't want to have it. And, yeah. um, and, you know, I would meet with the parents and I would actually say, you know what, let's have a conversation with your children. Now I'll try to get them roped in as well. Because at the end of the day, I would let the children know that, you know, if mom doesn't have things in, in place, it's going to fall on you. So you either start taking care of things now on a regular day, as opposed to in a dramatic time that you have no choice but to. So if mom can't afford her monthly premiums, let's say, or her monthly payments for her funeral plan or her cremation plan or whichever for the funeral home bill, you might want to help her with that. Because at the end of the day, it's either you help now or you have the big lump sum on your own at the end, right? So um, I think parents do want to talk, but the children just don't want to talk about it. So it's how we talk about it and how we bring it up is can sometimes make that difference. Yeah, I can relate because I talk often and I even write in the book that when my parents came in to have their will done, and, you know, I've been doing this for over 35 years. I always would be in the room with the client to help them, you know, have the conversations with the lawyer. And that right. day when they're in my in my office, uh, I couldn't go. I wasn't in the room. My older sister was in there and and she knew it was I, I mean, I knew at the end what was in the well. But to have to actually sit down and have that conversation about my mom and dad in there and uh, them, you know, passing on. I just couldn't do it. I, and, right, and that's right. what the problem ended up with in our case where they, if anything, they failed us that they didn't, you know, two of us knew what was in the will and we always knew there was a will, but there was another sibling that didn't know there was a will because you always assume that, you know, it, it, not assume everything should have been split three ways. And right. one individual didn't believe that, you know, uh, equal is not always fair. So right. my parents didn't have that conversation with us. And then, that's where they sort of dropped the ball with us. So I get it. And, you know, me having the conversation with you now makes me think, well, you know, at some point I'm going to have to have the conversation with my son. Um, there you go. He's of age now, he's of age now. So that's, and I know it's going to be hard, but I, it has to be done. And I, I don't want to perpetuate what my parents did. So I uh, think, yeah, I, I can get it. In your family, 
let's let's use it as an example. Was death discussed uh, easily? Absolutely not. <laughs> My mom is like scared of it. She was always scared of it. And um, so obviously I, I started doing the um, the work I did and I got my will done first. Mm -hmm. And then by the time that I got my will done, I was like, mm -mm, we all getting wills done. So and between my parents, my sister and her husband got theirs done. And it's one of those things that you just have to hold hands and doing it and just realize that it's a team effort because whoever does not have their will and their um, had that conversation, it falls on everybody left behind right yeah. so it's just that we all need to work together and put everybody in the same position have those co uncomfortable conversations like you know I tell like I find that when it comes to okay now now let's flip it so say it is uh now it's an adult who wants to have a conversation with their parents because there's some parents I don't want to have it so I tell them to be the example, you know, tell mom or dad, you, uh, mom, if something happens to um to, to me tomorrow, go underneath the bed in the suitcase, you're going to find my will, you're going to find my prepaid funeral packet, you're going to find the insurance, and you're going to walk them through it. And the more that more family members do it, whoever didn't want to do it, they're going to feel left behind, and they're going to want to do it. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so, so you, in your family, you've had the conversations and everybody knows where every, and and that's what makes your family ahead of a lot of uh, families. I mean, we only went as far as we had the paperwork, and we let that do the talking. Whereas your family, so we're actually we're we're two sides of the, you know, what not to do and what to right. do. And right. you guys had the conversations. People know where the wills are kept. People know what um, what's to be expected. You're you're right. If it you're leave if you don't have the conversations, you don't get prepared. You're leaving your family disorganized and heading into chaos. We talked a lot about we talked a little bit about um, you know parents having the conversation with the adult children. In your opinion, at what age do you believe it's okay to talk to children about the subject? That is such a good question because I don't even think too early is too early. And the reason why I'm saying that is because, you know, we have the younger kids now who are losing loved ones. Right. And that's, it's, it's just part of life now. Like back in my days in school, you know, we didn't have classmates and, and people who lost their families. At least I don't remember that. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's more affecting more people now. So my sister has three children and, you know, age from three to three to eight. No, sorry. Now it's five to eight and um, they evolve into funerals. And in fact, my niece wants to be uh, um, a veterinarian. Right. And I told her that, so Pearson's is a funeral home that I write business into for the prepaid funeral packages. And they actually have pet heaven and um, she wants to go. And um, it's not like she's going to see, you know, the animals who've passed, but they, they understand it. And we've started very young because there's nothing to lose with it, right? And and I think we also need to realize is that death, I think death is such, for some of us, it's such a dirty secret. Mm -hmm. Someone's so died and we don't want to talk about it. But it's a part of life and it's a celebration of life. And, you know, well, you know, when I have people who tell their family, well, I don't want to have a, um, a funeral or I don't want to have a service, I have to draw them back and let them know it's not about you. 
It's about exactly. those who are left behind. They want to honor you. They want to celebrate you. They need a safe place to cry for you. So, you know, we need to normalize this so that the kids understand that it's just a part of life, just like birth. Death is a part of life. We cannot run from it. And the more that, that we run from, from it, it's more of a problem. So as early as possible is what I believe. So talk a little bit about um, your book, Final departure. Why did you feel the need to write it? You know, I do workshops, done quite a few workshops, especially even during COVID, I would do it online. Because um, obviously, I, I, I had to because COVID came about, and I wasn't traveling doing these seminars. And what I realized is I did the math. And I can't remember the, the numbers right now. But let's just say I had about 300 attendees at a seminar, and or a workshop. And it was less than five of those who did anything with that information. So there's that there's that saying that says um, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. Yeah. I knew that I had to change something because although I'm giving the information, people are, are seeing the value of it. You go back home to your normal day and you're not going to do it. Right. So instead, I put it in a book where people can read it. It's now a step by step guide. It is a, it's a workbook. And the goal is that people will get the book, they will read it and understand. So there's lots of stories in there. And they'll understand the why and then they'll start to write and put all the information in that book. Because what ends up happening is that when a loved one passes away, we can't even make good, um, good decisions. We are grieving. And you know, like, we're just not in our right mind, but yet we have to make these important, important decisions. And they are decisions that will last a lifetime. So if you make a decision that I'm going to cremate mom, and then later on, you find out mom didn't want to be cremated, that's left on us, right? So it's just so important that we just have these conversations. These are big decisions. Put a plan in place today for peace of mind tomorrow. So... You, you, you know, when you were doing all those workshops and, you know, like you're saying of the 300, maybe five will do something. So the people, again, it's probably because of the topic. If you had 300 people show up in terms of where the best places to travel to Jamaica, see what I did there, that, you know, here, here's uh, people are listening and why we're laughing. It's because you're from Jamaica. So, you know, travel <laughs> to Jamaica, come and see, you know, Dun Rivers Falls, all of these, see, I've been to Jamaica. They, that it's a great place to go. You, you And, you know, it's at a great price. Of those 300, your closing rate of people doing something because of the subject, they're going to do something. Whereas we're it's talking about much. death. We're talking about death. And it's like, oh, yeah. I'll deal with that later. Yeah, that's good information. Right. It's good to know. I'll do that later. So I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. And then in most cases, it's too late, you know, and the wills and estates lawyers are saying the exact same thing. Get someone in the office and they'll even, you know, um, come give the information, but them to come and to finalize it. Some people actually die before it even gets to that point. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. just this fear that we have. Yeah. It's and and I what I always say is intensive care is no place to find out that mom or dad didn't have a will, and you can never have a meaningful conversation when somebody's when they're on a ventilator. So exactly. you need to do exactly. have do the planning. So when you wrote the book, who did you have in mind? 
Who's it written for? Everyone. <laughs> but the okay. reality is that um, not everyone is ready for it, right? So what I did was with this book, I actually put it in big font because I knew that seniors is my main clients, right? So I put mm -hmm. it that it's easy for them to read. But at the end of the day, like, you know, adult children with um, with aging parents, you know, th that's my other target market. And, you know, those who have families. So really, it's a book that we all can benefit from. We can learn from. We're, we're even now hearing more of people who are sick and they keep it from their family and they pass away and they haven't done nothing. You know, I um, there was just last, week that I'll speak no two weeks ago I was speaking um with someone and they said you know what I just bought your book to my aunt and she's um she's sick and I and she passed away a week after but they didn't realize how sick she was no. and I said to them that you know what bringing this book to someone who is passing which the family didn't know they are now gonna shut down because they don't need it at that point. Now they're they're trying to accept that whatever's happening to them is happening. And they're kind of stuck with their own demons in their brain and all the talking that's going on in, in yeah. their brain that they're not going to pick up a book. And I tell people that my book is not for when someone passes away. It's to get the information today so that you could start planning for tomorrow. You yeah. know, this can happen 20, 50 years down the line, but it's just to put something in, play, um, in place today because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So what do you see as some of the challenges to having these conversations and getting things in order? Well, one of the challenges I find that, you know, our our husbands, the males, they don't want to talk about it. And and they'll and they'll tell the their their wives that we don't need this. And I would have to let the wives know that just so that you know, statistically the husband's the male's going to pass away before you. So if you're not at peace, like, you know, start doing something, start having conversations, which is why one of the other services that I offer is uh, as um, an accountability partner. So if you know that you can't sleep at night and you want to get this stuff in place, I'm going to work with you in the in the workbook and, and help you start filling things out. So that's going to come off of your brain and then you can now live life to um to the fullest because this is now off of your brain right because you've written down stuff and you have it all on paper have you got any feedback from people who've gone through the book and and finished it and have they told you how they feel going through the process that they've done this have you got any feedback what have you heard the feedback i'm more getting is wow i did not know all of this right and it's not until you go through it do you understand it so those who've been through it they're the ones who are doing things for some cases, but then there's those who have just don't have no clue. Right. And this is why having to go to the funeral home and do all this when someone um, has, has passed away, you are literally just trying to figure things out. And as mm -hmm. you're figuring things out, um, you, you, you are grieving, everyone grieves differently. And it causes all these chaos and all these family breakdowns because now you've lost a loved one. There's nothing in place. Now there's a big fi financial burden on the family and you're just trying to, you're just trying to figure things out and it just causes a lot of chaos. Yeah. So at going through the process, people have probably, it sounds like they, they get a, a sense of relief that it's, it's an ongoing process after reading a book and they feel better and, and they know that at least there's some sort of guidance going forward. So is there anything else that you would say that 
they should walk away with after reading the book? I think overall, it's just for us to realize that, you know, if we think that we are young because of our age, it's not even about our age, it's about our our death date that we don't even know. So an example is if we are 20 years old and our death date is say 30, then we're actually pretty old, right? If we are 50 and our death date is 100, then we're pretty young. And because we just don't know, overall, it's just better to put something in place today before it's too late. Yeah. So where is the book available? On Amazon. Um, you know, people can get it on all the Amazon platforms. And if they are here in Calgary, it's in all of the Indigo and Chapter stores here in the city. So if people want to also get in touch with you, how can they do that? Yeah, um, they can. I'm on all social handles. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on um, LinkedIn. They could send me a message. What's or they could go to, so my handle on Instagram is Andrea underscore nine, four, seven, four. My handle on Facebook and on LinkedIn is Andrea Cox, or you can go to my website at um, preplanfirst.com. Pre, preplanfirst.com. And they'll be able to find Correct. everything about you, learn a little bit more about what you do, and also find out about the book. Andrea Cox author of um, Final Departure, Step-by-Step -Step Guide to Prepare for One's Passing. I want to thank you so much for being here on the Executor Health Podcast. You have, you know, opened up, hopefully opened up the eyes for a lot of people, life a lot more easier, not only for themselves, but also for their family members. So they're, they're leaving a legacy and not a legacy and a mess. So once again, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. Thanks for Thanks listening. For if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. To catch up with all the latest from me, go to davideady.com. There you can follow me on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next time.